Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets are absolutely free or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, markers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Maybe leave a review, show us a little bit of love. We much, much, much appreciate it. And if you want your own podcast, we produce them here at pod617.com. Go to that website to get started. The Boston Podcast Network in Pod We Trust. I've got a fan of podcasting on the line because he has his own podcast. Also, he's a lawyer. Also, he deals in intellectual property law, which he'll tell us what the heck that is and maybe make us all a little bit more intellectual before the time is up. It's Anthony Verna is here in the virtual studio. Crowd is on their feet. Yes. How are you, Anthony? I'm good. I, I, it's good to, to get a cheer uh, walking in. Usually these are the, these cheers. Yep. It's a virtual cheer, but that's the only kind of cheer we're hearing these days because, I mean, they're all doing it. The the NFL piping in the uh, artificial. Yeah, I, I hate it. I hate the fake sound. Do you? I hate the fake crowd sound. Yeah. Well, because to me, it's dishonest. Yeah. Right. If I'm watching a sport, if I'm watching sports, to me, sports is what is happening on the field right there. True. And if there's nobody in the stands and they're pumping in crowd noise, then they're being dishonest with me. I thought I would hate it in similar fashion, but then I just got conditioned to it like a Pavlov's dog or something. I don't know that you just, yeah, you got conditioned, but right. <laughs> and, but, but you're right. It is phony. And it's the, the worst part is when they get it wrong, that there's, there's a touchdown <laughs> and just mild claps or they, the, the crowd, they, they even try to put in like when the crowd reacts to a bad call or something. And that there's something very robotic and big brother about that. It's go, it kind of goes back to the days of, canned laughter when i'm a man of of some age anthony and i remember the days of good times and happy the, the days three, and the three camera sitcom three camera sitcom yeah or something like gilligan's island where you would hear the the laughter and it's just <laughs> right creepy. that wasn't even recorded in a studio <laughs> right that's just those people that probably died decades earlier you're hearing them laugh to something that just because skipper took his hat off and smacked gilligan in the face so you have a, a law firm, and by the way, before, lest we forget, right off the top, vernalaw.com, V-E-R-N-A law.com is where you go to find out more information about Anthony. So it, it's intellectual property. I, I do have a law degree. It's somewhere around here. I'm but, sorry. <laughs> I know. But trademark, copyright, uh, patent, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So in, in a nutshell, I think you protect ideas. Is that fair to say? 
Well, ideas in and of themselves are not protectable, but how about the manifestation of ideas? How does that sound to you? Okay. I'll go with that. You're the lawyer here. It it is actually an an area that I know a small amount about just from being in the publishing world for many years. And, but it is interesting. Did you always want to do this? Did you gravitate towards it because you got to work with stuff like artists, writers, and publishers, folks like that? So, so I have a bachelor's in computer science. In other words, I'm a nerd. Mm. And when you go to law school and you're a bit of a nerd, you kind of get pigeonholed which is perfectly fine because I didn't mind being pigeonholed because it was at least in this area that's fascinating where, yes, on one one hand, I can work with art and the next the next hand, I can work with technology at the same time. And that that's kind of what I've always said about my practice is that it's a little bit like me where you get the tech stuff, you get the business side, you get the art side, you get the legal side, you kind of put it into the weird ball of twine and you throw it out there and then you see you see how it works but i've always that that's kind of how i've always felt about my practice is that is that it's an extension of me if i had to be pigeonholed into family law or insurance defense and god bless those people who do that it's not right. my personality right. so i have a certain personality that really does fit what i do does the so I, i'll take the pigeonholing Okay. Pigeon, sometimes <laughs> pigeonholing is good. Yeah. I've been transfixed by this object in the back, in your, in the background. And it took me a minute to figure out what it is. You have a floating, <laughs> it's a, it's a facsimile of, I think a football helmet and it is wrote, it is levitating in the air and rotating. And that is correct, sir. Is, is what team, is that a Patriots helmet? Oh, of course not. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why oh. I'm on the Boston podcast with you. <laughs> I no, can't... this would be the uh, Nick Foles tribute. Oh, <laughs> are you are you a Philly guy? I am. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. We have something. Born, born and raised. Born and raised in, in whereabouts? Well, the suburbs, Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Oh, those. that's nice out there. I know. Well, I spent four years in Philly at the University of Pennsylvania in West Philadelphia, where uh, Will Smith cut his teeth, as we know. And so (laughs) I actually adopted the Eagles as my second team during the the Buddy Ryan years. You'll remember. Yes, I I remember. Yes, the man who somehow is revered despite not having any success. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I I, I don't get it. I've never understood it. Yeah, well, he... He did all right as defensive coordinator on the 85 Bears, but he had a team of mo- absolute monsters. Absolute monsters him. won yeah. zero playoff games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A Hall of Fame defense. Everybody on that defense was a Hall of Famer. And yep. then had the Randall Cunningham as, sure. as his quarterback. And basically his idea of offense was, eh, Randall makes three plays for us a game. I don't need anything more. Yeah, poor Randall was a great player. He was one of the one of the first, well, I don't know if he was one of the first, but at the time he was the preeminent running QB, the sort of Patrick Mahomes of his time. But of course. but he used to get beat up. And yeah, but Buddy fancied himself like a, a tough guy. And he had this team of like the, the uh, hooligans, thugs. I don't know. Andre. No, Dur- he had a Hall of Fame defense. He had Reggie White, White was great. Yeah. Andre <laughs> Dirty. Andre Dirty Waters. I remember right. him. Jerome Brown. Oh yeah, JB. Yeah. Missly in the Hall of Fame. That's- he had the number one defense for three years in a row. Yeah. And he won zero playoff games. <laughs> <laughs> and you won't let him forget that. Yeah. But he did. He he was a pioneer when it came to putting bounties on other players' heads. I remember yes, he did that. that controversy. They the the Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles, this is like back they'll say back when men were men. The the Eagles put out a, a bounty on the head of the Dallas Cowboys, not a tough kicker. guy, but the kicker. They went after the yes. kicker, that poor guy. He Luis gets, Sandejas. That's right. Eagle. Wow, you're a 
Philly trivia. Very good. <laughs> so I want to ask you a few things about intellectual property law and what you do a little bit more. But you have a podcast, and us podcasters have to stick together. So tell us about that and what the inspiration was and where people can tune in and all that. Well, the inspiration was I, I wanted to do something different, and th that's kind of a part of it. I have the podcast. I have a video blog. So, so this way... If somebody wants to know what I'm thinking, how I'm thinking, they can see it, they can hear it. It's not just words up on a screen as if it were just a regular blog. Mm -hmm. So that's what the inspiration was. Um, always thinking ahead a little bit in, in my opinion. So, so on the podcast, we call it the Law and Business Podcast. So it's the most blandly named podcast out there. <laughs> if you type Law and Business Podcast and, and my name, or you just type my name and podcast, you should be able to find it on Apple or Google or wherever you get your podcast. It's on all the networks, as they say. Yep. And we have, yes, we do have days where uh, my patent agent and I just sit down and we talk about some problems that we've had and how you overcome it. This way you understand what you're getting into if you're going to file a patent. Other days we have other guests on there. Our last two episodes were uh, a friend, were actually with friends of mine, my friend Andromeda Touré, who is an excellent jazz singer and musician. Wow. She had copyright questions and so she asked them on the podcast and the most recent episode was with a friend of mine. Her name is Paulina Sherlock. And uh, Paulina is a French-Australian business uh, consultant, and uh, which means she has a fun accent. And, <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, and we talked about what it means to be a business versus what it means to be a startup. In other words, that's the kind of clientele that Verna Law has. So it, it was certainly a fascinating uh, philosophical discussion from her on that. We've recorded another episode with Polina talking about uh, the craft beer industry worldwide mm. and what it means to be killing it as a craft brewer versus what it might mean to be overexpanding as a craft brewer. Mm -hmm. So this is why I like intellectual property law and it covers such a, a, a grand and interesting sort of slice of life. I think there are a lot of misconceptions about IP law. Would you yeah. agree? And, and can you name a few? <laughs> Yes, uh, yes, I'll start here. Uh, my friend Andromeda has been banned from using the phrase poor man's copyright on the <laughs> podcast. I, I know a lot of people somehow have, have heard that, and this rumor still exists that you mail yourself something in a copyright. Oh, yeah. Exists. Yeah, no, no such thing. Yeah. So, so that certainly is one of the. Yeah, that certainly is one of the misconceptions. On the other Another hand, one... on the other hand, if you write, say you write an article and you publish mm -hmm. it on your on just something simple, you publish it on your Facebook page or your blog or something like right. that. Don't you actually have a copyright just by virtue of well, publishing? Well, you can. You certainly will say that it might be copywritten from that particular standpoint. Yes, it's an idea fixed onto a medium, so it does define what how copyright law would attach to a, a piece of art right. or a work that falls under copyright law. That said, everything everything is totally moot until it's actually registered with mm. the uh, Library of Congress. Okay, so don't send yourself a letter. That's that sounds silly. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but there also there are other like I, I wondered whether there were rumors and maybe they were true I don't know when when Pat Riley was head coach of the LA Lakers and they won the, all those championships with uh, Magic and three Pete three Pete right he claims yeah, so, he, he had so, a so he something he on does that. have no and that part is true is that there is a, a registered trademark for three Pete in whatever Pat Riley's company is mm. and I'm sure that he gets royalties whenever a three Pete happens in the NBA or whatever he prints a t-shirt with that word I, I don't know what the current status of the trademark is I couldn't tell you because I haven't heard the word three Pete in what 20 years or something 
right that. right so i don't really i don't really know uh what the that's interesting that there that has an trademark actual... is but that is a trademark uh for a phrase used in in commerce so, so we are talking a totally different area of law so right okay <laughs> no problem inquiring minds just want to know yeah so <laughs> and so it sounds like you do deal with artists what primarily makes up your client base is it people in the tech world who want to patent a device or something or I- I, I think we're, we're fairly evenly split between industries. We certainly have plenty of, of tech startups as clients. Most of our patents during the pandemic have been software and algorithm patents. Over Overall, I, I will tell you that you know, we've got plenty of cosmetic clients as well, apparel clients. Really? Yeah, yeah, you'd be you probably would be shocked at the amount of apparel really? and cosmetics clients. So, so when well. would that, so people invent some kind of clothing that they think merit is, is so well, creative and well, distinct? Well, when you're dealing with apparel, I, I don't know that there's anything. I'm sure there are new ways of stitching clothing together. But frankly, when you're just dealing with new apparel and new, even new cosmetics, it's mostly the branding. Right. So so, so it falls under the trademark side of it. Mm-hmm. But look, if your apparel or cosmetic company does well, you're certainly going to find copiers out there. Yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> hearing a talk by... Oh, the guy's name was Bert, and I'm going to forget his last name. But he founded the the company Life is Good. And, oh, yes. And yes. <laughs> I, I heard him talk about five or six years into his journey, and Life is Good was already, or maybe more than that. But it, his point was he never really knew what he was doing. And, and he, they used to sell, <laughs> they sold T-shirts out of the back of a van. And it was a cool story, but eventually he figured out that his brand was his product. And that, so that's what it is. Yeah. Bert Jacobs is the name of the guy. You can go to lifeisgood.com. Not a sponsor of the show, but you know, I, I think <laughs> their story's kind of cool. But so that's so what if your life is bad. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I oh mean. my God, Anthony, that's ingenious. I want to copyright that right now. Who knows? Maybe there's a, uh, my life sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. If somebody probably tried to copyright F FML, right? F my life. I'm sure that's out there. But so, so should people come to you when they think they're onto something? Let, let's say they do develop a, whether it's a line of t-shirts or hats or whatever, and they've got some slogan or name. It, when is the point where they should give you a call? I always say the earlier, the better. Yep. I know that's trite, but mm-hmm. the sooner that a business owner or an inventor or a creator comes to us, the the, the easier it is for us to help them and give them advice and figure out what the right route is for them. So yeah, well, sometimes people know and understand that they need a patent or they need a trademark or they need a copyright. More often than not, somebody picks up the phone and calls me and goes, I want to patent a phrase. And I'm like, no, that's a trademark. Right. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> the earlier. So, so don't worry about the lingo. Don't worry about the jargon. I understand that can be a bit of a, a, bit of a barrier. But mm-hmm. other than that, just yeah, come and when you have that idea, when you have that thought, that's the earlier, the better to reach out to us. Have you had, do you have people come to you that say, I'm pretty sure this guy stole my idea? Well, sure. Yeah. But eh, this is usually, usually not usually much wrong. that can be done. <laughs> yeah. Usually not much that can be done about that. Like if, if somebody calls me, yes, well, I had this idea 10 years ago. And I'm like, well, what'd you ever do with it? Nothing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yes, I've had those phone calls and, and I've had the calls where it's more than just theft. It's some, or it's, it's more than, excuse me, coming to an independent conclusion, same independent conclusion. Mm-hmm. If there is truly theft, we can certainly help, but. What do you think about, and whether this is in your sort of lane or not, I, I don't know, but 
the debate has been an eternal one when it comes to music and people, some artists lifting melodies and oh, riffs sure, sure. and sampling became a thing. And then I felt bad for poor Robin Thicke, who had that, that great song. What the heck was it, was it called? That would, that'd be Blurred, Blurred lines. lines. Blurred Lines, yes. Blurred and, Lines, and you're talking about the, uh, you're talking about the Marvin Gaye. That's right. Uh, lawsuits. Which he, he did absolutely lift the main sort of hook of the song from a Marvin Gaye song. Yep. Got to Give It Up, I think was it called. Anyway. I think it was. Yeah. And he ended up, lo- I, from what I understand, he ended up losing pretty much every penny he made off of that song. And yet, to me, it was, this is what music does. It changes. It, it, you take an original and you change it enough so that it's your own. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I certainly think that there's a line that needs to be drawn that, look, it's blurry and it's fuzzy, and and I don't know that you're ever going to be able to get a bright line between something original and something that's copied, especially in music. Mm-hmm. Certainly look at, uh, what's his name, Smith and the Tom Petty you know, issue. Sam, yeah, it was. Yeah. Sam Smith uh, was alleged to have stolen something from Tom Petty? Well, okay. it's again, it's not stolen. It's just that the melody is basically exactly the same. And, and you, you you do start singing, I won't back down at that particular point. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, sometimes it's not conscious. Sometimes it's just not. There's an R.E.M. song where after after writing it, Michael Stipe said, oh, hey, this is a Leonard Cohen song. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they basically called, you know, Cohen and they gave him songwriting credit on, on, on that song. So this way they split money with him. So, yeah, it, it happens. Yeah. And in, in today's world where copyright lasts for 70 years after after an author's death or for 120 years, if a corporation owns it, it's a really long time. It's probably too long mm-hmm. for reality. Oh, so it's the Stay With Me, that that song yes. by, by Sam Smith, which is, yeah, it's been everywhere. I've heard that song so many times. If, and it goes, hey, stay with me. Yeah, then I won't back down. Okay, I can there hear it, go. I guess. Right. Yeah. So... Yeah, we've got a little bit of the song here. There it is. never seem to go to plan. I don't want you to leave where you hold my hand. I'm already sick of this song. Oh, won't you yeah. There we go. All right. And we'll do... Uh, back down. We'll, we'll, we'll bring in Tom Petty here. All right, Sam, shush. It's a little faster. Well, the speed doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Tempo, tempo doesn't matter in copyright law. It's funny, I didn't. And so it looks like they yeah they settled and they gave uh, Sam Smith gave Petty I think uh, a quarter of the songwriting credit and therefore a quarter of the money. Do you know I had a fight with this on my fellow podcaster? I do a podcast called Past Tens with uh, my buddy Belt, where we look at uh, the the top ten on a given day back in the past at some point. And uh, we've fought about this, that that the the idea of, I think it's called, I remember from my one intellectual property class I took in law school, it's called a compulsory license. And I thought that meant that anyone can, any shitty artist, whether you're Madonna or Tiffany or whoever, can cover someone else's song as long as they pay uh, some fee. Do you know about forced cover? Forced cover. So as long as the song has already been published, yes, right. the U.S. copyright law provides for a forced license for a cover. Mm-hmm. In other words, somebody can't say no. The artist just will record the song and you let the record companies in the background uh, do the work for the royalty money. 
Yes. All right. Now you're the perfect person. I've been waiting to ask somebody this for years now. As I that sounds like and, I'm in trouble. It better be the right answer, or else my entire business here at Boston Podcast Network is kaput. Forty-two. So, oh wait, right. No, no. <laughs> was that a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference? Hey man, no, no, well, well, of course it was. All right, well, you're the nerd. I am too, obviously, because I knew that. So, I just played two clips of two songs, and we commented on them. And in my mind, right. under the Copyright Act, that falls under fair use. But I have to tell you, and you may know this already, there are legions of podcasters that are scared to death of playing anything on their podcast that might be the copyright of someone else's. My opinion, yes, is that. It's fair use as well. That said, that's correct. (laughs) No, I'm sad. Go ahead. Fair use is only a defense to copyright infringement. In other words, it's not like you get to say fair use and hey, you're off the hook. Right. Uh, (laughs) Fair use is something that, as an affirmative defense, you have to prove in court. Right. In other words, you have to prove, well, I only used a little bit of it. I did commentary and criticism and. Right. Yeah. so the, I hear what you're saying. And so the while it may be okay, you may have a leg, certainly a leg to stand on. It doesn't mean you're not going to get hailed into court or it doesn't right. or it doesn't mean that Spotify can't kick your podcast off sure. their network. So and do you know if that that's I'm sorry if this bores you, but it's fascinating to me because the, 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 I feel like you, YouTube, for example, YouTube has gone back and forth on this. And it, you notice it when like I'm just trying to put up a a video saluting my son's 15th birthday and it's got some song on it with images of him and it gets kicked off YouTube. And, but then I, I feel like they've changed that policy a little bit, struck a balance where you can put it up there, but you can't make money off it or something. Do you know about that? I'm, I'm sorry well, if you it, don't. It, 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 it's kind of hard to it, look. It, it, I, I'm not really going to sit here and try to defend Google. Right. But they're in a bit of a balance, balancing act as well between what fair use is, which is nebulous, right? right? There's no bright line for fair use. It's, it, it, you've got factors of how much of it, how much of it, how transformative right. it is. is. There commentary? Is there criticism? Have you changed the market of it? There's a lot there, and they've kind of tried to take this nebulous thing and turn it into something very, very hard, hard edged, so that they stay out of out of trouble. Mm-hmm. And that if we're, you're dealing with a, a video that's not going to get advertising revenue, well, why would, why would YouTube want to pay royalties for that particular video? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I, I can't really sit there and say, hey, I blame them for not wanting to pay royalties on your, your video saluting your son's birthday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to either. Yeah. It's, it, it, to me, it's all the like common sense should prevail, which sound, sounds to be what you're sound, what you're, uh, Speaking of, uh, what I tell my podcast is, if be smart about it. If you're going to do a music podcast, it, it is okay, in my mind, under the, the fair use exception to the Copyright Act, to play small clips of songs if you're going to copy to talk to them. That's the spirit of the law. But if you play more of it, if you choose, if some people say, well, I want the Tom Petty song. I mean, that Sam Smith song. I want that as my, the theme song, <laughs> the themes. Can we get, I had a, a podcast we produced called uh, higher ground. He wanted higher ground by Stevie wonder. I said, well, you sure. can't, well, you or the red hot chili peppers or the red hot chili peppers version. Right. Uh, forced cover. There you go. But, <laughs> but you know, I said, if you're, you, if you're not commenting on the song, you're just using it as the theme to your potentially commercial yep. enterprise. I think you got to, 
problem. You got to pay the royalty. That's right. Yeah. So he said, "Look into what the royalty is," and I said, <laughs> "Well, it's only cost ten thousand dollars, but you got to pay that every time you use the song." And he said, "Are you serious?" And so you know, well, Stevie Wonder that he's entitled to his song. So there you go. So exactly. so be smart, podcasters. And when in doubt, call Anthony Verna at vernalaw.com. And uh, and don't forget the podcast, folks. The Law and Business Podcast. Type that in and type in Anthony's name and you'll find that anywhere you find your podcast. How's that for plugging this morning? I like that plugging. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. So sounds a lot better for me than for me. So Yes. Well, and speaking of sound <laughs> speaking of sounding better from one podcaster to another, I appreciate that your audio sounds great this morning. What kind of microphone what kind of microphone are you rocking there? <laughs> so I'm rocking a uh, the Rode Podcaster. That's the uh, same here. mic I'm using. How how about uh -huh. that? Yeah. And are you running it through a board or anything or just into your computer? Well, well no. So the podcaster is the USB version. Okay. So oh, right, have, right, right, right. the Procaster. You're right. I don't have that. What do I you have? You have the Procaster. I have the Procaster. It's going so into the Procaster is the XLR version. That's right. But it's the same microphone. Hey, you're trying to out-nerd me on the microphone stuff. I'm supposed to be that guy. But anyways, yes. The, 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 <laughs> you know how many musicians I've represented in my time? I've, <laughs> I've got to do this right. I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> you're thinking too about it. Yes, here, here, but... Yeah, here. Here's my old Blue. Which oh, I've yeah. Rid of. yeah. I've gotten rid of it. Blue makes great XLR microphones, not so great USB microphones. Well, as Indiana Jones would say, that belongs in a museum. And I try not to laugh at the, the, folk, the podcast beginners. You'll get told right away, just get a blue microphone or a snowball. And all I'd say is you can do a little better. You can do yeah. now. Now, the mic you have is kind of the Cadillac of USB mics. You don't even need to do that. You get yourself a Samson Q2U, get yourself something from Audio Technica that's in the sort of $85 range. You plug it right into your computer and off you go. Now you have the the pop filter as well. I see there, right? So I've got the pop filter, even though the even though the podcaster has a built-in pop filter. Oh, it does as well. Yes, and well, then I've got an and then I've got an isolation chamber around the around it as well, so that because I don't have the soundboard the that you do on the walls. Right. So. Yeah. And that's, it's also a myth that you need to soundproof your area. It really depends on how quiet a room you're in really, or, and yes. whether there's an echo in there. And so, right. and there's nothing wrong with throwing up some blankets, but, but yes, the soundproofing is just, it just looks cool. And you can get, you can get, <laughs> these are only, these are only about five bucks a square, I think. So anyway, so there's your, but yeah, that's why I threw the isolation chamber around my, the microphone to right. uh, help that. Which is for those that don't know, I'm taking, it's one of these U shaped things that kind of sits right around your microphone and you don't have to lift it up. No, Anthony's trying to lift it up. Yes. Okay. I can see it now. <laughs> so before we go, we're going to play a quick round of good stuff. And Anthony and I will both recommend something good for you to brighten your day. Something that might help you pass the time as in, in these interesting times that we live in, by the way, glad to see that you were unharmed by the siege yesterday as we record this. Anthony, there was a little bit of a kerfuffle at the Congress, on the steps of Congress. Yeah, I heard a thing or two about it. What, what, you know what? I, I just heard, and we should be cautious here because I don't know when this podcast is going to post. It might be old news by then. But the news keeps changing, and now they say four people died during yes. the skirmish. Yeah, sadly, yes. Isn't it, isn't it just insane? What the hell is happening? It is insane. Yeah. Well, to me, the to me the other insane part was seeing the video of the uh, Capitol Police just allowing them in. They just opened the doors. Uh, or open the gate and let them in. Like, yep. isn't your job to like stop them at every area? Yeah, and not only that, but this mob was 
I'm sure, very scary. The, the situation, I'm sure, couldn't have been any more serious. But they weren't a serious militia. They didn't imagine some of them did have weapons, which is what resulted in the, the violence. But if it had been someone that was trained and like one of these insurgent groups that has their act together in another country, God forbid, they could have taken Congress hostage. And yeah, some of them obviously had that had that in mind. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Well. We, Anthony and I will st- stick to uh, rap music and Sam Smith and Tom Petty, and that's just where we feel comfortable. Anyway, before we get to good stuff, let me just remind you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. Pod617.com is where you go to get your own podcast. We'll send you out a quality USB mic to get started. You can do it from the comfort of your home. The microphone will be a great one, not quite as great as the one Anthony's using, but solid, I assure you, and we'll produce your whole podcast from start to finish, it's a great way to connect with your clients. You've got evidence here of a podcaster who is a star podcaster, Lawn Business Podcast with Anthony Verna. He invites his friends and net- and clients and some other people who he wants to <clears throat> impress by having them on the slick show. Right, Anthony? <laughs> now, we don't produce <laughs> Anthony's show, to be clear, but it's an example of someone who has taken the podcast medium um, to its full advantage. You should do that, too. Go to pod617.com to get started. Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network in pod we trust. All right, enough of my yapping. Let's play good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. I give extra points for guests who dance during the good stuff intro. And uh, we're not going to talk about the copyright implications of my using a small bit of the B-52 song. We're just going to leave that alone. Hey, Anthony, hey, can uh, we talk about how that's like from the decline of the B-52s? Uh, anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that was towards the tail end of their run. But, you know, it's the name of the song is good stuff. So what are, what are you going to do? Anthony, would you like to begin? What might you recommend to our listening audience? If you haven't, if you haven't found it, and since it was broadcast on the IFC channel, I could understand uh, mm-hmm. that you didn't uh, see Brockmire. Oh, but, uh, I would highly recommend you go find Brockmire. My wife and I bought it on Amazon Prime. It is an extra purchase there, but we still bought every episode, and and it's hysterical. It's uh, Hank Azaria's portrayal Jim of, of, of Jim Brockmire, right, is just absolutely fantastic. And it's obviously somewhat autobiographical in nature. Do you think so? It, I I certainly think some of the drugs and alcohol in it. Oh, I see. Certainly. I think that aspect of it certainly, certainly comes from real life. I Yeah, I don't but, know but too I much. I just think he, I think he hit it. I think he it just he hit it out of the park every single episode. I I didn't st- stay up with the show, but the show, it, it, as Anthony describes, Hank Azaria, who you may know him from a bunch of different stuff, including The Simpsons. He does about ten different voices on The Simpsons, but he plays a, a washed up uh, broadcaster whose life has gone into decline due to the effects of his heavy drinking and other things, and so he has to restart at some obscure, nondescript minor league club and. I'll play just a little bit of the trailer from season one, which kind of sets the stage. And Anthony, you can watch and our listening audience can just listen into the trailer of Brockmire season one. Jim Brockmire, how are you? Still dreaming about getting back to the major leagues. That's how I am. Pedro delivers a slider into the dirt. Count evens one and one. I miss having the best seat in the house and making every single moment come alive for people. Fastball misses just low. That one is way back there. Feels like you're a slice of apple in America's favorite kind of pie. That's either out of here or lost inside my wife's bed. 
fat cheating vagina. <laughs> Seriously, though, I do miss it. Welcome to the minor leagues, Jim Bachmeyer. Ten years ago, your breakdown in the booth was like the original viral videos. Do people just watch videos of the worst moments in my life and just laugh at my pain? Yeah, the answer is yes. So, so <laughs> I had forgotten how. I also forgot that the very fetching Amanda Pete, who she seems to have nine lives dramatically, she's she's in this as well. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so have you watched the whole thing all the way through? Yeah, or? we did get to all four seasons. Yeah, my wife would. We don't really binge because we do like allowing our art to breathe. But this was one <laughs> right. that my wife would not allow allow me to, to get. She just wanted to keep going. That's she all. Wanted to keep going. Well, wow. it's always bonus when you and the missus like something. Sometimes it's hard to find something that two people, <laughs> and two people agree upon. I'll I'll share uh, a show as well that I just recently discovered, and I don't know if you've there's, there's a show on Netflix. It's called imposters and it doesn't have a lot of big stars although one one interesting star does pop up and i'll just play a little bit of the trailer of imposters and then i shall explain so from netflix this is the trailer of imposters i think here it comes we look happy now pronounce you husband and wife what am i going to do with you till death do his part Eva's gonna love this girl. Scissor card's no good. Now listen to me very carefully. If you ever go to the police, everyone will know what's inside that folder. You will never see me again. All right, so maybe not the best trailer to play on a podcast, although Anthony got the point. But the guy's happily married to this exotic French woman. All of a sudden, he realizes one day his bank account has completely been blown up. He's got zero to his name, and he's got this cryptic video from his supposed wife telling him, you're never going to see me again. And so as the name of the show suggests, imposters, she's a con artist. And, but then what happens is he finds, I won't blow the thing, but he finds friends who have undergone uh, similar ruses and they band together. And in maybe the fourth or fifth episode, all of a sudden Uma Thurman pops up. So if you want a little acting cred, she's in it. And uh, one of the people in the show was Brian Ben, who was on one of the original HBO shows called Dream On, which I don't know if you remember that, Anthony. That I, was... I do remember it because I wasn't allowed to watch it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my parents said, my parents said no to Dream On. Yeah, I was old enough to be able to make my own decision at that point. It was one of the first HBO shows with nudity. So as a, as a 19-year-old kid or however old I was, I was, we were very excited for that. But that actually, that, that show actually has a copyright tale behind it because what it did was it featured flashbacks to old movies. Every time this character would encounter some sort of situation, they would play a quick clip of a movie which illustrated whatever predicament he was in. And right. apparently the whole inspiration for the show was Turner, I think Turner Classics or Turner, one of the Turner entities on TV, someone discovered this treasure trove of old footage that they had that, that Either the copyright had gone into the wind or they had the copyright, so they wanted to use it in some way, and they came up with this show, which wasn't very good, but everybody remembers it. Anyway, <laughs> he pops up on uh, Imposters. So you haven't seen that one yet, have you, Anthony? No. It's it's easy. It's an easy watch. It's The, the plot twists are kind of cool, and uh, I do recommend it. Anyway, and I also recommend you check out Anthony's uh, website at vernalaw.com and the podcast, and I hope you had fun, Anthony. Absolutely, David. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Anytime I can get another podcaster in with a cool mic that doesn't cut out every five seconds, <laughs> then it's a good day. 
So thank you, Anthony. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. If you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com to get started on behalf of Anthony and all the podcasters out there and all fellow nerds like us. My name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. See ya. I am a